Hello out there, everybody. Welcome to episode 212 of the Alamo Audible podcast brought to you by Dave Campbell's Texas Football and the Republic of Football Podcast Network. Um, man, a lot to cover today, Adrian. A lot to cover today. We're going to try to get it in under an hour. We'll see about that. There's, but there's a lot of updates. <laughs> we're talking transfer portal. Obviously, we're talking UTSA's biggest loss, really the first major loss in the transfer portal era for the Roadrunners, Zachary Franklin. By far, the biggest loss far. in program history, Jared. Let's call in it from school what history. It is. In school, school history. history, program history, any sport. Let's call it what it is. Not just the transfer portal. This is the most devastating loss ever to occur in UTSA athletics. Yes, indeed. Yeah. You know, you talk about the news carousel today. It's a whole bunch of devastating news when we're talking about the transfer portal. You know, we got a we got a lot more outgoing than we got incoming folks. So, yeah, you know, it's a big list of names. It's sad to see a lot of these guys guys go, and gonna wish a lot of them the best here today. But uh, not only that, we've also got some NFL news for a couple of uh, journeymen trying to make their way up into the big leagues uh, mm-hmm. following 2023 draft weekend. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, man, a couple of picks to hit on here. Yeah. Well, before we do all of that, we do have a pretty big announcement to make. I know we've had a lot of those lately, and hopefully this is the last one for a while. I'm kind of scared and tired of all these big changes that we've been having. But at long last, after many, many months of intense um, just fine tuning and work and sampling and I don't research, know, yeah. research and shipping, testing, our, denying, yeah, deni- a lot of denying, a lot of denying. <laughs> our new Alamo Audible fan store merch page, whatever you want to call it, is now live on our website, alamoaudible.com. Adrian and I have been putting a crazy work on this, man. We really hope. That you guys uh, enjoy these merch options. You know, we looked around and we really felt like when it came to UTSA merchandise apparel, uh, there was a lot missing at the top end of the market, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of higher end items. Not to say that we're, you know, not going to have any more affordable items as well, but, uh, you know, some, some brand name stuff, you know, none of this like, you know. Walmart, (laughs) HEB (laughs) t-shirt stuff. Those options exist, (laughs) but you know, where else are you going to find a UTSA themed Columbia vest mm. Mm. and Adidas polo? Well, I guess they, they have those at the bookstore. <laughs> oh, but we got a lot of great stuff on there, man. And Adrian, I got to thank you for all the work that you put in on this, man. It's it's uh it's been a lot behind the scenes, but I'm super glad that it's finally out there and uh, folks can go right now. And uh, we've got a coupon code that they can use for a discount. Incredible. It's been a really, really incredible journey. We've put in a lot of hard work, deliberation, as Jared said, into finding a really, really good vendor and, and store option that, that provided quality service, quality product, quality experience for, for our audience. And it took us a lot of tries, man, a lot of attempts. We finally found something really good. We bust our butts to, to make it extremely user-friendly and pretty to look at on the website. We bust our butts to make sure you guys have a lot of really good, awesome options. Uh, our graphics guy, creative director, Aaron Livingston, has busted his butt in making some unbelievably all-original, unique Roadrunner game day designs. 
uh, for you guys to fashion and only more are going to be coming. So it's been really, really cool. We're, we're glad to be able to bring it to fans once and for all. We learned a lot during our soft launch. We've made all of our, our fine tuning and adjustments here. And so, yes, grand opening of the Alamo Audible Fan Shop. Please, if you're a listener of the podcast, represent it, support it. Uh, goes a long way here this way. Um, and uh, we are hoping to support many a UTSA athletes via our fan shop as well through the NIL partnership. So yes, yes, indeed. Go and browse. And uh, if you're a patron patience. supporter, yeah, if you're a yeah. patron supporter, you have a permanent lifetime discount. Mm. Uh, so that is available on the store page. We got a link to that to get that link. We will be rotating that coupon code often. So be sure to check back uh, if you're trying to place an order. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, we're going to rerun a sales, you know, pretty frequently. It won't be as good as Patreon ones. Uh, but if you go to the store today, you click the sign up and save link. Uh, we'll give you 10% off with uh, the store yes. launch celebration. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you got it, Roadrunners fans. No more. Do you need to wear grocery store apparel to the tailgate <laughs> and to the Alamo Dome? No, finally. You can wear something a little bit more fashionable, a little bit more fly, if you will. And uh, yes, yes, indeed. Very, very stoked to be bringing that to you guys. Yep. And many more items to come. So stay tuned. Uh, this store gives us a ton of flexibility to to push product out. So we're really excited to expand and uh, get this ball rolling, man. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, with that all the way, let's talk Zakari, man. It was, <laughs> uh, it's been the talk of the town and uh I uh, I had resigned myself to accepting that Zakari was good as gone, like before spring ball started, and then time went past, man. And then you know spring football comes, and he's he's not practicing, but he's still with the team. He's doing charity events. I let myself believe, mm. and uh, I wish I had it, man. I wish I had it. Look, man, it's a cold world. It's a cold game, and at the end of the day, it's a business. And it will always be a business. And UTSA fans have been very, very spoiled over the Jeff Trailer tenure the last two to three seasons in that nothing has gone wrong for us. We've won all the games that we were supposed to win. We won our conference championships. Coach was supposed to get poached by Texas Tech. We kept him, right? Uh, we got Frank back for a super senior, super, super, super senior season everything right you, nothing is going wrong it's been like this fairy tale for utsa this dream for so long and it's like boom snap back to reality look man it, no program is invincible to absolutely every single thing that could possibly happen to it staff wise roster wise uh intangible wise off the field issues all the field issues oh, there's so many different moving dynamics utsa has stayed scotch-free for way too long here on this last two year run. It's been a you know, unbelievable utopia that I hope everybody uh, remembers as, as the great dream that was the last two seasons that UTS had and CUSA, CUTSA. But it's all coming to an end, Jared. We are moving to the AAC. Times are changing. It's the last year that we had the construction of this team. And sure, we all thought this far into. I mean, if spring practice is over, spring game is over. You thought Zakari Franklin and the entire core of the UTSA offense, that is Frank Harris and all the guys that he throws the ball to with JT Clark, Joshua Cephas, Zakari Franklin, Taiki Ogokel, like, yeah, all these guys are coming back. 
Oscar Cardenas, all these guys are coming back. And, and dude, on the very single last possible day that you could make this decision. And nevertheless, the announcement to come on Jeff Trailer is at Fiesta Battle of the Flowers Parade, which to those that don't know, it's like San Antonio's Mardi Gras. It's this massive citywide event. Jeff Trailer got to lead it out. The announcement comes out while everyone's celebrating this cool thing that's happening in the city with UTSA. And it's like, no, no, what are you talking about? It's like people are at the parade cheering for Jeff Trailer and their cousins, like hitting them on the shoulder, like, hey, bro, we lost Z. We lost Z. You're like, what? What? And they're like, there's people doing this to Frank on the on the boat. They're throwing up the Z with their hands. And it's like, and it's uh it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But it's a businessman. It's the name of the game. Zakari Franklin, the greatest wide receiver in UTSA history. Can we go through the stats real quick, Jared? Let's do it, man. It's it's really impressive. Through 2019 through 2022, 46 games played, 262 receptions for 3,348 yards, 37 touchdowns, the longest ever, a 75-yard bomb. Um, so it's a 12.8 yards per catch average, uh, 73 yards per game average, uh, 5.7, almost 6 receptions per game average uh, just over the last two seasons he's had 27 touchdowns the second most across all of college football's wide receivers man it's it's tough what 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 an athlete what a player and i think as utsa fans we have to remain cognizant of the fact that most programs that are in UTSA shoes right now are getting hit so much harder than UTSA has gotten hit, right? Mm -hmm. To only lose Zakari through three years of winning football is really remarkable, right? And, you know, it, it's definitely sad. It sucks that, uh, you know, Zakari chose, chose to take his talent elsewhere, but uh, you also have to be happy for the guy, man. He put in four really strong seasons at UTSA. He helped this program achieve things that many people never dreamed was possible. So, you know, I hope that it's not pure animosity or anything like that across the fan base. I haven't seen much of that myself, surprisingly. Um, I really thought this was going to be like the first time that a lot of the newer UTSA fans are, are getting that dose of reality. <laughs> um, and it's going to be like really, uh, I guess really salty about it and really aggressive and, and all that. Um, I haven't seen much of that. So that that's been good. Um, I've appreciated that from the fan base that they've they've been more level headed about it than I expected, because uh, I think they realize that money talks, right? And, and Z's the type of player he can pull in six figures in nil. Sure, you know. Yep. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, San Antonio's got uh, they've they've done a great job of reaching into their pockets, but I just don't know if San Antonio's pockets are deep enough yet, or we haven't accessed the extra depth that those pockets have, right? Maybe UTSA has not gotten deep enough into San Antonio's pockets yet, I guess I should say. Uh, but we well, don't want to pay Frank, but we, we're not able to pay all of these guys. That's what I was about to say. If you got to pick one or the other, Frank or Zakari, yeah. you got to take the quarterback, man. I mean, how much more would it hurt if Frank went to the portal and was going to a P5? Oh, God, hard. That would be so much worse. I couldn't even do this podcast with you, bro. <laughs> You'd have to get a guest. <laughs> It'd be too much. It'd be too much. Right. But look, this that's the way the landscape is. Guys have to go get their dollars and 
He's done more than put in the work to earn his money. Mm -hmm. And if he can't get it here, somewhere else is going to give it to him. You can go get it. And it's this crazy thing. You know, uh, we were chatting over the weekend, Jared, and uh, it's it's crazy. Zeke is quite literally, or Z is quite literally riding off in the sunset, so to speak, right? He came to UTSA. He did his work, won two conference championships back-to-back, second-best, second-leading uh, scoring receiver in the NCAA. Just everything he was supposed to do, did all the mm-hmm. work, right? And then he's got... This year of eligibility left, he can go make the money. Maybe he won't get as many snaps. Maybe he won't get as many wins. Maybe he won't get as many touchdowns. Maybe he will. Maybe go to an extremely good team and have a chance to compete for college football playoff national championship. Who knows? But even if he doesn't, he's put in that body of work. He had the victory. He had the fame. This is a business decision, man. Zakari is going to go get his money. He deserves it. Go and get paid. And 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 look, Jared, had uh, UTSA not reached down that San Antonio pocket and paid Frank Harris what we did or what we've rumored to have, who's to say then it, this wouldn't be the case? Right. Frank, right? Right. These guys are making business decisions at this point. They have to, right. especially guys that have put in this body of work and that have earned that paycheck. And to that point, too, I, I want to stress, I, I don't think a lot of people maybe feel this way or realize this or whatever. Zakari is not a lock to be like a first round NFL draft pick. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, he could have got drafted at UTSA. Other guys have. And that is very true for sure. But Zakari is a really good college football receiver. And I think he can go to any team in the country and be a starter and put up crazy numbers. But I don't know how well his game is going to translate to the next level. And that's... He, he's not big. He's not particularly strong. He, he's had drop issues, you know, this past year, uh, most recently or most egregiously, I guess. Um, he's had injury concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he just he's not the prototypical NFL receiver. He's also not a prototypical slot receiver. Well, that's for any of TSA's skill positions. That's for that's for the whole uh, stable of receivers. Frank Harris is a quarterback, right? I mean, just tremendous on this level, but not surefire. NFL draft picks, let alone, I mean, not even to say first rounders. Right. So I think it's, it's one thing to turn on NIL money and stay UTSA. If you're pretty much a sure bet to get drafted. Right. I think it's different when you're a guy like Zakari who might be on the fringe. Right. And if you can get a guaranteed 150 K for one year, um, that means a lot more than if you're expecting, you know, a 600 K third round draft pick, the contract you know what i mean you're willing to take 25 grand at utsa for your last year because you're right. gonna go sound sign that nfl deal but for right. now like, like sorry if you're marcus not... davenport going into your senior year and you already know that you're going to be a second day draft pick at worst yeah exactly. then i think it's easier to stay because you know that your payday is coming i'm not sure zakari knows for sure that the payday is coming exactly exactly Exactly. And for guys like and, and for guys like that, right, that that could very well be journeymen in the NFL or maybe not even get that chance to play in the league or to sign a contract and make a paycheck from the league. These are guys that potentially could make more money their last couple of years playing college football with an NIL deal mm-hmm. than they could as graduates trying to find a job and working America after that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts about NIL that I don't think people talk about enough is there are so many guys that 
Um, I think like Marcus Lattimore as one example. I mean, just a legend at, you know, at a college level and makes millions of dollars for the university. And then he has a, just a tremendous injury. Can't play in the NFL. He's got nothing to show for it, man. Um, it's unjust. It's unethical. And I'm not like saying this is the situations that Kari's in are going to be in, but I think like when money's in front of you, sometimes it's too hard to turn down depending on your circumstance and, and every guy is different. Right. So I, I hope that UTSA fans are aware of that and they put themselves in, in his shoes. Right. And, and don't hold it against them too much. I sure as hell will miss throwing up the Z Jared. Yep. Salutes to Zakari Franklin, greatest wide yep. receiver in UTSA. The best history. ever do it, man. Best ever holds do it. every single freaking program record here. Wish I would have that list in front of me. Uh, but yeah, man, salute, salute. So what do you think is going to go? Well, from the jump, from the initial tweet, I mean, the replies are filled with duck emojis, right? right. <laughs> I mean, that's all anybody was saying, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. But then, of course, you see the, the Dion memes as well. You see the Dion gifts, prime time. Colorado. You surprised seeing that there. And uh Dion has gloated about the, the list of guys that are already coming, quote unquote. So you never know, man. I mean, big bucks to shell out either way. Do I prefer one destination over the other for Zakari? Not necessarily, no. I kind of hate Dion Sanders. I don't want to see him in Colorado. <laughs> oh uh, why, why the hate on Prime? That's a whole podcast, dude. I figured. <laughs> I just, I think it's an asset more than anything else. I figured, yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, if I had to pick, I think Zakari in Oregon is cool. You know, reconnect with Will Stein. He's going to yeah, have a, a future NFL quarterback throwing to him. I think the only thing with Oregon is all the cool their, gear from Nike and Jordan down the street. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Strong NIL out there. But mm-hmm. I think the only thing with Oregon is their wide receiver room is really strong. And like they're, they have a lot of really talented young guys coming back this year. And there's a lot of dudes in the portal that are up there with Zakari uh, that they're also going after as well. Um, so, and, you know, not that I'm worried about Zakari seeing the field or anything, no matter where he goes, but, you know, it might right. be a little bit more of an uphill battle at Oregon than if you were mm-hmm. going to somewhere that has like no receivers um, kind of competing for attention in the offense. Yeah, sure. But, uh, you know, if Zakari does go to Oregon, do you hold that against Will Stein? Like, are you, are you upset? about that like does no. it like trail no i'm not upset about him i think it's pretty cool i think it'd be pretty cool to see two guys both you know with promotions advancements in their career right <laughs> yeah quote unquote to go and do it on that stage right and i mean it's if it's a lateral move and, and we're playing them it's right. a direct opponent or even like ones like yeah, if it's a u of h if it's a if it's a if it's a baylor or tech yeah sure i'm pissed right but you <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that Oregon's so far away and so distant, I mean, even if they're going to like a UT, like you're kind of ticked off about that, right? Sure. Like they go to the biggest stage here, but it's so close to home. Mm-hmm. But Oregon, Oregon's so far away. So that's the, you know, not relevant to UTSA in any way besides our connection through Will Stein and coaches like that. It doesn't feel like a direct blow, you know, to feel personal. You know, it, it is so funny. I, I You just made me realize this for the first time, but it is funny how as college football fans, we're always like congratulatory when an assistant coach like leaves for a power five job or they get a coordinator job somewhere else. And it's, oh yeah, congrats. Like 
great for your career, you know, come back as a head coach or whatever. But when a player takes that same opportunity, it's like, you know, the pitchforks come out. The pitchforks like, come what a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's still a double standard there for sure. Always will be. Yeah. Well, so next on the list. I got, yeah, I, I was going to say, I got nothing left to say on Zakori. Wishing the best, man. Be rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, you know, I don't want to entertain talk about Zakari coming back. I don't think it's going to happen. This oh, is, more of, a hy- this okay. is more of a hypothetical. Uh, let's say Zakari or another player goes into the portal, tests the waters, ends up coming back to UTSA. Would you vote for them to get a single digit number and be in the triangle of toughness? Wow. What a hell of a question, Jared. No, that's easy to stay here, but I mean, you got to figure right. a guy, but, but by the end of summer camp, right. That guy came back after, you know, leaving and then coming back, right. He ends up coming back. And then there's this whole turmoil where the locker room is kind of feels some type of way about him. There's a little bit of tension in the air. They go back and forth. They work through that through the entire course of the summer. And then he's re-embraced by the team. I mean, I could certainly see the guys in the locker room, you know, the, the, the guy that left and then came back recapturing their hearts, especially a player as good as Zakari. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the whole brotherhood aspect. There's going to be a lot of guys that hold a grudge about that as well. <laughs> yeah, and no that, doubt. That 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 sort of you know disloyalty. There is no forgiving that sort of thing with certain guys, and mm-hmm. I I almost mess more with that sort of mentality. Like, hey, dude, come back and get the numbers for us, but you're not getting that single digit back. Not way, yeah. not know how. Yeah, I, I'm of the same mindset. I mean, it's not. A perfect comparison, but you know, my senior year in high school, uh, one of the guys that was on the defensive line with me, he was really good. Uh, he ended up playing at AM Kingsville for a little bit, but he was like getting recruited by Oklahoma State and stuff. Um, and he was like one of the leaders on the defense, obviously, but you know, he had grades issues and he missed like most of uh district play. And then even when he came back, man, it was like there was so much animosity in the locker room because yeah. it's like, you know. You like practice out of dry, you know, guys hitting him a little guys coming after him a little bit harder during practice. And, you know, I'll say this too. In the locker room that'll always be there. When those guys go into the portal, the coaching staff immediately has to start recruiting to replace that position, whether or not they come back or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And I think UTSA recruited as if yeah, the was going to come back. Right. Like UTSA recruited like what, two or three transfer receivers. Yes. Um, what Willie McCoy and uh man, there's another one as well. Uh that came from JUCO. But you know, I think they kind of prepared for this. But if, if it totally came out of left field, they would immediately have to go and hit the portal again to find someone like moving down from P5 to replace that production. Right. So even if you do come back, you're still screwing the team over from a roster building standpoint. Yep. So it would be hard yep. for me to vote for that if I if I was on the team. All right. Well, Zagari wasn't the only guy to hit the portal. I think pretty different scenario uh, for most of these other guys, but it's a pretty long list, right? Most of these guys are class of 2021. Um, I think I'm going to write a, a, pl- a blog post about this on the website, but half of that recruiting class is gone already. That's pretty strange. Wow. The world we live in, the transfer portal. Uh, first up, Malik Jones. He's a guy who played uh, like nickel safety linebacker combo hybrid position for yeah. UTSA. 
didn't see the field a whole lot, but did play a lot on special teams. It was good on special teams. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen him pick up an offer. He was UTSA's most recent entry into the portal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't be too surprised. A guy looking to get a little more snaps. And he he had actually transferred in from a JUCO. Right. One Uh, of the Mississippi ones. Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he came to UTSA not just to be on a bigger stage, but to try and get some more snaps Mm -hmm. as development. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, next up is a guy that uh, might be a little bit more familiar to the casual fan is Diego Tello. He was mm. uh, the quarterback in the class of 2022, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but a little bit of a smaller guy, six foot one, 195. Um, didn't play most of his senior year of high school. I think he got hurt like week one or week two of the senior season. So pretty tough route for him, uh, you know, to recover from that. And then come to UTSA and like, there's not much of an immediate chance to see the field, you know, given Frank Harris coming back and all of that, you know, Eddie Lee Marburger had already kind of established himself a little bit as the backup quarterback. So I definitely was not surprised to see uh, Diego hit the portal and uh, hope that he can find a landing spot somewhere out there. Yeah. So do I, I mean, still very young. Only here for a year and uh, he was a three-star guy coming out of, was it Bowie high school? Sounds right. So, yeah, he was all, all district in a really strong district there in Austin. Yeah, I think he'll land on his feet. Yeah. Next up is uh, Caleb Lewis. So he is a six foot three, two thirty five pound outside linebacker, kind of edge player uh, from Cibolo Steel. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, Caleb and Trey Moore have kind of had the opposite careers that I thought they would, because yeah. I, I was I was much higher on Caleb Lewis coming out of high school than Trey Moore, and they, I think they were in the same class or. I remember it about one class or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and it was Trey Moore that broke out. And, you know, he's been incredibly good. Um, but, you know, his emergence, I think, kind of left Caleb Lewis in a spot where it's going to be hard for him to see the field as a younger guy. So an, a, another guy I was not surprised to uh, to see jump in the portal because it was, it was just hard to see a spot for him to get snaps uh, this season and in the future, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, he has picked up an offer from Colorado Mesa since jumping into the portal. Okay. Next up is a guy that I've always had a soft spot for. Man, I really thought that he was going to have his breakout moment. Yeah. And I'll say it, man, his practice film was pretty cold. It was pretty cold indeed. Isaiah mm. Davis, six foot one, 190 pound receiver from El Paso, Texas, younger brother of Kevin Davis, who was a longtime starter on the UTSA offensive line. Um, unfortunately, Isaiah had the three best receivers in school history ahead of him. And it's, it's just hard to really get your due when you got those guys in front of you. And Tyke, you know, was ahead of him in seniority as well. They got Chris Carpenter, P5 transfer. It was just a totally stacked receiver room. So, you know, I still think Isaiah is a great player. He's picked up offers from uh, many different FBS and FCS schools. Um, I have no doubt he's going to be playing at the FBS level next year. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be following his career moving forward. Definitely so. He's one of those guys, man. I always... I always had him circled on my list. I was waiting for his his breakout moment to come. And uh, I think it's just, it's going to come just at a different school. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Uh, next up is another quarterback, Cam Peters. So mm. uh, I think Cam was the last quarterback from the Frank Wilson era. Yeah. Yeah, I believe you're right about that, Jared. Yeah, tall guy, kind of lanky, um, not super yep. accurate, but I really saw him progress and get better 
um, in his time at UTSA and uh, not the spring game, but the last, I was just shocked at, you know, he, he was starting to look like a division one quarterback. Right. But, you know, similar to story with Diego, there's guys in front of him that we're going to make it hard for him to see the field. Yeah. Um, he is heading to Kilgore junior college where hopefully he'll get some looks and continue developing and, and make his way back to the division one level. I don't know if he was here that long. Got me thinking. Yeah, maybe so though. All right. Yeah. Ne- next up is another, another receiver, kind of similar story to Isaiah Davis. This guy's just a little bit younger. Drake Briggs is a local guy. Um, they already took his name off the roster. So, yeah. uh, man, they moved quick on that. Shout out to Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Dre is a local guy. I think he was from Harlan High School. Yeah, he was from Harlan. Oh, yep. nice. You're right. It. Um, a guy that I think had a pretty bright future, but similar to Isaiah, there's just not enough snaps to go around. The guys in front of him are just too freaking good. And, you know, Trey Spurs is one of those guys that we would see clips of, of practice of him, you know, going up and mossing guys for touchdowns and stuff like that. You know, super physical, athletic dude. A lot of Texas high school recruiting experts were really high on him. I thought UTSA got a total steal. Yeah. Um, so he's actually committed to UTEP. I think he's definitely going to see the field there. I would not be surprised nice. if he starts first year at UTEP. Nice. UTEP has had a major issue with wide receiver talent. Outside that one year, they had like Jake Cowing and uh, that other dude. So I think uh, Trey Spriggs will have a nice career at UTEP. And I'll look, for, look forward to him seeing continuing conference USA. Yeah, I see him. Our, our first defensive lineman on the list is Chase Davis. Um, so Chase is a guy that uh, showed some flashes. You know, he didn't play a whole, whole lot. In his time at UTSA, got a couple um, games. Yeah, he got couple a couple games. snaps last year. Yeah, yeah he play, he quite, played quite a bit against FIU and had some nice plays in that game. Mm-hmm. But he's got really good size. He's six foot four, two eighty. Um, just wasn't able to kind of break through. You know, the upperclassmen that were ahead of him. Uh, he was actually a, a G five bounce back when he came to UTSA because he started at Nevada, and then he went to JUCO and then UTSA, right. and right. now he's on to Bowling Green. So he's staying at the FBS level. Up okay. There Mac. Um, for a Cali boy, man, that weather is going to be tough for him up in Ohio, but <laughs> do wish him the best. I think he's a solid player. Definitely. Yeah. Another guy. Yeah, he was a guy. Pretty, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he was, film. Yeah. He was a guy who had, who I think has a lot of potential. Yeah. This level was definitely got the size right for it and see him progressing and developing. Like see him get some snaps. Right. Only offensive lineman we got on the list is River Gordon. So wow. he was a six foot four, three hundred ten pound interior offensive lineman mm. from Mansfield High School, and uh, it's interesting because UTSA recruited like what five or six high school linemen all that same class, right? And River was one of the guys I thought had a pretty good chance of kind of emerging for that group and kind of being the first guy to see snaps and yeah so to go down that way he had a very limited playing time at UTSA and once UTSA went out and got you know Payne Hebert and Vinley Tadafu and stuff like that it was, it was just it became really tough to picture River uh beating those like bigger older stronger guys out but uh good news for him he's staying in San Antonio he's landed on his fleet at Incarnate Word who is building an incredible program that's over. right that's right Man, some of the transfers that they brought in to UIW already, their coaching staff, dude, they have just absolutely reloaded. So um, I'm excited for River. I think he's in a really good spot there. Um, just down down 281 over there on off of Broadway. Wish him all the best. I think he's going to have a nice career over there. Yeah, and good for him on making the move, you know. I mean, he's he's been on the roster long enough to where he hasn't gotten in the game yet. 
Time to make a move. I'm glad he landed at UIW because I do think he's a guy that could contribute to that team really well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know his family supported uh, the program uh, really intensely as well. So yeah, uh, I hope they yeah. do the same for Carnival Ward as well. That'd be cool to see. Okay, and then last portal entry on the list for us. Um, this uh, would be the last. The portal window has closed, but I was reminded today that if you have graduated, you can go to the portal at any time as a grad transfer. Um, so little, little ominous note, but the last guy we have on our list for now is Jacory Hyder. Mm. Actually a really highly rated recruit when he came to UTSA. It was one of Joe Trailer's first big recruiting wins going out and getting an East Texas guy from, from Woodville. Yeah. Um, Hyder was super athletic, six foot three, two forty. Tight end. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Tight end. And he played defensive end as well in high school. Um, I want to mm-hmm. say that they started him at linebacker when he got to UTSA. If I remember correctly, I think it went back to tight end. Could be, really? I could have that wrong. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but, you know, I think Hyder's athleticism is uh, makes him still a, a really attractive recruit. And uh, he will be staying at the Division One level, moving down to Lamar, uh, where he'll be joining the Cardinals there as they welcome their new coach. Hyder was a Dave Campbell top 300 guy, three yeah. star coming out of high yeah. school. Yeah. Yeah. There were definitely high expectations for him. Hopefully you can have some success there at Lamar. Yep. Well, that's the list. It was a pretty, pretty decent overhaul of the roster. I mean, this is by far the most uh, players that we've had enter the transfer portal in a single season in the yeah, trailer by era. Far. By right? far. By far. It, I think if you look at it, I think a lot of these guys, the staff just couldn't picture them playing at the AAC level. I Correct. think they were they were recruited for Conference USA and they were athletic enough for Conference USA, but I think a lot of these guys weren't up to the AAC level, right? Well, a lot of these guys, yeah, yeah. And when again, it goes both ways. You know, a, a lot of these guys have been on the roster long enough, uh, yeah. and even if that's even if that's just a year, I mean, you're in the locker room and and you can sort of tell where you fall on the totem pole. We talk about the wide receiver room, right? I mean those guys are just leaps and bounds ahead of what an incoming freshman is going to be able to do whenever they're juniors. And Mm -hmm. it's really, really difficult for those guys to sit here and stay at a UTSA when they can go get snaps somewhere else immediately. And so I think you're seeing really a lot of that. And it's a more so than anything, just a consequence of trailers now been here for three years, four years. Right. So you've got guys in place that are sort of fixtures at their position. And then you've got guys that are brought in and some of them work out, some of them don't. And uh, I think, yeah, I think it's the reason why you're seeing sort of the dramatic increase in the number this year is just because we finally have enough guys on our roster that have been here with trailer long enough that, well, they know they can go get snapped somewhere else. So you're seeing them leave. And I think a lot of it too is, you know, you you have to reassess the roster every year for ability, need, and all of that. And I think yeah. too, I mean, yeah, um, UTSA as a program is just out of spot now where they can get guys that they couldn't get before. You know what I'm saying? So I, sure. I think UTSA is just kind of looking to upgrade the athleticism uh, with these roster spots. So they can build that depth out, and you know whether whether it's guys that. They recruited and, and went to the P5 level instead of going to UTSA, and that didn't work out. They're looking to move back, or you know, guys from San Antonio that are looking to come home, whatever. 
you just you have to have a couple of scholarships available throughout the summer because you never know who's going to fall in your lap. So talking a, with these guys and kind of encouraging them to look at their other options, I, I think is best for both parties because it's no fun to sit at the end of the bench and um, and not get to see the field at all. Um, and then if you get to a situation where you're just going to cut them and pull their scholarship or whatever, the later you do it, the harder it is for them to find a home. So I think UTSA has done this as, um, I guess, gracefully as they possibly could. Oh, yeah, for sure. I hear what you're saying, though. There's a little bit of a natural selection occurring. here. Yeah. Yeah. More of attrition. Yeah, for better or worse. All right. um, UTSA does have one new addition that they're going to use one of these roster spots on. Okay. And that's Darren Allman. He's an All-American Division II linebacker from Angelo State. Mm -hmm. This looks like a really, really good addition, Jared. Yeah, if you look at uh, North Texas defense, they've had a lot of success with guys like Darren Allman, who were like lower level players that just absolutely dominated and, um, you know, played at high school programs where a whole lot of schools probably didn't make it out to catch them in person or recruit. Or, you know, there were COVID recruits where, you know, they weren't able to go to camps and stuff like that. So I think Darren Allman definitely fits that mold. You know, uh, actually the first roadrunner to ever come from Killeen, Texas. I was surprised when I looked that up. Wow, it's taking us that long, huh? Right? Yeah, it's kind of surprising. That's super surprising. Yep. So Darren went 29 games played in his career at Angela State, 123 mm-hmm. total tackles, 27.5 tackle for loss, five passes defended, three forced fumbles. When you watch his film, uh, he is just playing at a different speed than all the other dudes on the field, you know? Seven tackle. I mean, uh, uh, seven sacks just last season alone. Right. Very impressive player. I, I think wor- absolute worst case scenario is he's going to be a really strong backup linebacker for UTSA. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody like when UTSA got those two Kansas linebackers to come in, Drew Prox and... Yeah. Who's the other one? Oh, gosh, his name escapes me. He was only here for one year instead of two, like Prox. I forgot it already. Uh, but the, both of those guys came in and they were able to contribute like good solid snaps at the linebacker position. And I think that's like a worst case scenario for Darren Allman. I think there's definitely a path for him to start at interior linebacker. Um, and just from day one, man, just be a real difference maker. Yeah, I like this a lot. I like this pickup a lot. How much uh, eligibility does he have? Um, One or two years. Okay. Well, let me see if I can do the math. He played in 2019, 2020 didn't count, played in 2021, 2022. So he should have two years left. Okay. Because he registered in 2018. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, okay. wait, no, he would have he would have one year left, right? Yeah, it should be one year left. I hate okay. every time we do this exercise on the podcast because I'm never <laughs> going to be certain. It's okay, it's okay. The roles have gotten so crazy, man. But yeah, I think I think he would have one year left. All right. Transfer. So far, that's the only guy that we picked up from the portal. Won't be the last. Okay. Will not be the last. Yeah. So guys can guys that have went into the portal this past week, weekend, uh, they can sign all the way up until the start of fall camp, obviously. So you're gonna see a lot of guys uh I think look to realize that they might have to move down a level. You know, they might not be able to stay at the P5 level or whatever. Um, and I, of, and then the, the grad transfers as well. You know, those guys can transfer at any time. So 
Um, you never know who's going to pop in the portal. But there's two guys that got forced out of Colorado by Dion that uh, I think are pretty good fits for UTSA, and I would keep my eye on both of them. Uh, first up is Devin Grant. So he's actually a local product, a guy that UTSA recruited pretty early on, I believe, um, in his career. And uh, he's an edge player. You know, I think uh, he could kind of like take that roster spot that Caleb Lewis had as an edge player. Um, six foot two, 230, went to Antonian uh, here in San Antonio. Solid three star coming up high school. And, you know, he played a little bit at Colorado. You know, it's not like he was just there uh, sitting at the end of the bench, you know, wasn't like a huge standout for them. But I think a guy that could provide some solid depth for UTSA. Okay. All right. Not sure how many years of eligibility he has left, but it's, it's multiple two or three, if I had to guess. Mm -hmm. And what's the timeline for transfer portal decisions? Uh, You know, what, what, what do guys need to be in their destinations by? I mean, in my opinion, the earlier, the better, because those spots are going to get taken up, but uh, I mean, they can, they can sign really whenever they want. What do you expect for, UTSA's timeline. I mean, do you expect us to do you expect us to see, you know, over the next week or two, kind of everything to kind of round out? Well, Darren, Darren Ullman already signed. So that that right. one is down. Right. Um, I imagine they're gonna keep some in the back pocket through the summer. Through the summer. Right. Just to see, you know, for grad transfers and stuff like that. Okay. So I, I think it'll be a mix. I mean, I think just like last year, you'll you'll have one every couple of weeks pop up and sign or commit. Um, second guy I keep an eye on that is transferring from Colorado is a guy that I really thought UTSA was going to land coming out of high school. Very similar mm-hmm. to Owen McCowan. And that's Chase Sowell. He's a six foot two, 185 pound receiver from Atascacita. Yeah. UTSA was the first to offer him. And then he blew up. Absolutely blew up, man. Um, I don't know how many offers he ended up getting but it was quite impressive. Uh, he's gotten a lot of offers in the portal as well. Um, I see offers from Texas State, UConn, BYU, Incarnate Word, mm. some smart programs after him. Um, I'm sure he would still be pretty pretty interested in UTSA, if I had to guess. You know, come back home, close to the Houston area where he's from. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a guy who could kind of be that that next line up a wide receiver after Josh and, and JT and Tyke are all out of the picture. So I definitely keep an eye on him and see where he ends up. Yeah, I'd like to see that a little more um, younger talent in the, in the receiver room. That's one thing I think that UTSA has done a really good job of is not just getting plug and play immediate transfers that are older, but also right. getting those really talented younger guys. Chris Carpenter is a perfect example of that. You know, he uh, made some plays in the, uh, sorry, he made some plays in the bowl game this year and looked pretty strong in the spring game as well, right? So I think he's going to continue to develop and he just got that raw speed, you know what I'm saying? So um, I I like UTSA's approach to the portal and how they've kind of spread out and allocated how they're going to use the scholarships within that. Yeah, definitely. Got to spread them out. I think the Kansas transfer that you're thinking of is Denzel Feaster. Yep. That was it. Yeah. Thank you. Very <laughs> similar game as well. Yeah, sure. I agree with you in there. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, cool. I uh, do want to give some Patreon shout outs. Thank you to you guys who have continued to support us on Patreon. Uh, that includes our big money donors, Ben Tobar, Rick Cortez of Rowdy Road Grillers, The Bunch Family, Zach Espericueta on the San Antonio Podcast Network, The Fikes Family. Board of Trustees members include Digiteek, John Owell, Lino Perez of Los Dos Rowdy Tailgating, Gary Rubin representing the UTSA Bird Gang Tailgate, Ray Redding and Meet Me Apparel, Brandon Grill in the Grill Realty Group, and Andy Elizade in Proficient Benefit Solutions. So hope you guys all enjoy your discount on the new store. Hope you enjoy your special access to our bonus content. Yes, indeed. Welcome and thank you. Yeah. Well, Adrian, let's take a quick Kumia break and then let's come back Ooh. and talk about uh, Roadrunners heading into the next level to fight for a chance to make an NFL roster. Wow. Let's do it. to talk about roadrunners at the next level, whether that be NFL or elsewhere. So last week, CJ and I did a bonus episode and we went through each like draft eligible player mm-hmm. uh, that played for UTSA last year and kind of gave our opinion on where we thought everyone might, you know, end up. And, you know, overall, we didn't expect many guys, if any, to be drafted. And unfortunately, that is how it went down. We didn't really have yeah. too many nice, unexpected surprises uh, but I think to get four guys into NFL camps is an achievement. And, sure. you know, in a normal year, one that we would be celebrating, but, you know, might feel like a bit of a letdown after what we saw last year from the Roadrunners. No, I I think you got to keep that expectation tempered. You know, you're not going to have at a really any mid-major school, right? You're, you're not going to have guys just clockwork, day one, day two picks, mm-hmm. year in and year out. And it probably will happen more so in waves, you know, as you have these graduating classes, senior laden, experienced, really, really talented guys. Uh, but, you know, I think it's fine. If if anyone really deserved to have their name called on this list, I would say it's Ahufitu Maka. I really would have liked to have heard his name get called on that one of those very last draft days. But I didn't expect it. I am glad to see that we got some guys make some camps, and I do think there's potential here for a couple of them to maybe get a chance at some snaps on Sundays. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we got guys that just need their shot, right? And they're not slam dunks by any means. I don't think any of these guys are. Um, Mako's the one that I had the most kind of optimism for. But we'll see how they play out, man. Um I guess to go through the list, first off, we got Corey Mayfield signed an undrafted free agent contract with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So uh, first guy that got any guaranteed money, I believe, uh, with his contract out of this group. Yep. Uh, we had heard that the Ravens had met with him, um, you know, throughout the draft process. That was cool to see them kind of uh, be impressed with Corey after having met him in person. Yeah, he played at the NFL PA Bowl. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So... Definitely uh, was getting his his uh, his draft. What is the 
I'm sorry, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like a stock? He's going to stock up. Thank you, yeah. Jared. He was <laughs> raising his stock. Indeed. Wow, I should really freaking be able to identify that a little bit better. <laughs> and, oh, uh, I forgot uh, to say, you know, we were talking about like overall draft success, but you got to keep in mind, a lot of guys that are draft eligible came back for another year at UTSA. Correct. But that yes. also influences how many guys, you know, get into the draft. Um, right. So past Corey Mayfield, we had three guys accept offers to mini camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they'll have the, the chance to kind of go through that cut process and see if they can make the final 52 or 53 or whatever it is on the mm-hmm. initial roster. We got Clifford Chadman, who signed with the Falcons. Uh, yeah. I, he's going to impress them, man. I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but he's definitely going to be a, a, a practice squad guy for sure. I've got no doubt about it. Just so athletic and what he brings to the table at his size, I think is really unique. So uh, he'll be an asset to that organization for sure. Yeah. We got Ahofita Maka going to Giants minicamp. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Giants drafted uh, or signed UTSA legend Josiah Taoifa. So it'd be cool to see, you know, another uh, uh, Pacific Island. Uh, Polynesian, Polynesian prince yeah. of UTSA go. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think Maka is technically Polynesian because he's Hawaiian. Uh, he was on the watch list for Polynesian oh, true, player true. of the year. Yeah, true. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Makai Hart. Um, but Perhaps. yeah. And he was another guy that also played in the NFLPA Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maka's a stud, man. Maka's an absolute stud. stud. Just a tremendous center. Uh, locked down. Doesn't let anybody pass him, but just cerebral. Yeah, Such a high football IQ. Too. Calls everything out pre-snap. He's everything you want from a center, man. Dissector at the center. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, just an incredible, incredible player. Was a finalist for that trophy, for the William William mm-hmm. B. Campbell Trophy for centers. Right. And uh, I think he was big for the last two years. So <laughs> love Ahufitu Maka, man. Just loved his game. Hard one to replace. And uh, I, I think he's he's got the best shot of the guys on this list to uh, make an impact at the next level. For sure. And then last up is Jared Sackett going to Broncos minicamp where he'll have uh, the good fortune of kicking in Mile High Stadium for that ball would boom <laughs> and carry forever. Yeah. Might be hitting some 70-yarders up there in that altitude. We'll see. I don't know. Could. Do you know if the Broncos have a good kicker? No, I'm not sure. Yeah. But that carry could work in Jared Sackett's favor, I think. So, yeah, I hope he, uh, hope he has some success, but I'm not sure if he will. Right. Unfortunately, Dejarian Taylor wasn't picked up by anyone yet. That was mm. that was difficult to see, man. I feel like he's super underrated, and and I I know that he doesn't really fit NFL expectations for size and speed and all that stuff. Prototype player, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I really hope he gets to play in the XFL, USFL, something like that. Well, that's a good thing is now that those other outlets are popping up, right? right? And those are sort of the best case scenario for a school like a UTSA. These G five schools. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of guys that really elite at the collegiate level, but not quite elite enough to break through at the NFL level. They still go get a payday. They right. still make more than what they'll make sitting in some office salary job, right? They'll do something <laughs> yeah, like that they'll you're, love. you're not going to get rich playing for the Birmingham Stallions or whatever. No, but, but you know, could, could, could you make sub 100K for four years and enjoy it and have the time of your life traveling and playing football, making yeah. a check from it? Hell yeah, you can, man. And, and like building your resume to be like a coach or a trainer or whatever, too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You could pivot a million different directions from it, you know? And uh, you love to see something like that. I, I just remember. Uh, the 
early version of the AAF being so great for UTSA football players and XFL, some guys getting some <laughs> shots too. And so, yeah, that's it's probably where you're going to see a lot of our names get called whenever those come around. Right. Absolutely. I'm not sure when those draft windows are, but I think they're, they're quite a ways out. So hopefully the guys uh, don't give up on the dream and, you know, and ride it out, keep working, stay in shape and all that. Definitely. So, so what do we got coming up, Jared coverage wise? Oh, I don't know. I think I am going to do that uh, little analysis on that class of 2021. Like I haven't decided yet if that is cause for concern that half that class is not on campus anymore. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to look at that and do an article about that. It'd be Maybe interesting wait, to see like the, the, why the, the why is behind the, the reason why they left. Yeah. Each guy. Right. Yeah. How many I of them are transfer portal guys? How many yeah. of them are whatever? Not playing I'll, anymore. I'll break it down. I think most of them just weren't, weren't going to hack it at UTSA. Unfortunately, I think the, the program just kind of grew past their level of abilities. But I guess we'll see once I chart it all out. Maybe we're reaching. We weren't really reaching for the stars quite yet in that uh, recruiting class, right? Or, well, yeah. we we might have reached for them, but we couldn't grab them. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, sure. We hadn't earned that. Yeah, right. Good because point. Got, we had to keep in mind. It was just after the twenty twenty season. Yeah, it was before Jeff Trailer really became a legend. Right. Yeah. So this is a twenty twenty one recruiting class. Right. So this would have been the class that was recruited through the COVID season, right? Ooh, yeah, you're probably right about that. So trailer wasn't allowed to visit guys in home, wasn't yep. allowed to go see guys. Uh, I don't even think, I don't even know how many high school games were really being played that season. You go really watch guys play live. Uh, games are going to cancel left and right. That's for Left sure. and right, all over yeah. the place. All over the place, way more than they were on the collegiate level. Right. And the, I mean, the camp aspect is huge too, because that's like your only source of verified height, weight, laser time, 40, all that good stuff. So UTSA hadn't become the back-to-back conference title winning team. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Jeff trailer, not able to properly evaluate talent during a lockdown recruiting cycle, which by the way, it's his very first recruiting cycle at UTSA as the head coach. And so he's throwing, he's throwing stuff at the wall, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I have another theory too. It's gonna be hard for me to prove this, but I, I feel like this class of 2021 has been bad for most schools. Yeah. I mean, look at that. I mean, exactly what we're saying didn't just apply to UTSA. Right. Yeah. I know. I've, I've heard a lot of cultural podcasts where, you know, either coaches have guessed or, or recruiting analysts or whatever have kind of made that point that guys were just throwing darts against the wall and, you know, just seeing who's it's hard. And it's, it's, it's a hard thing for UTSA fans to do. But if you can try to remember what you felt like being a UTSA football fan in 2020, at the end of the 2019 season, when Frank Wilson had to be removed, I mean, this program was in such disarray and such a bad place competitively yeah man who wanted to come here to play football you know mm-hmm. so oh it's it's interesting breakdown for sure yep so outside of that from a podcast perspective i think the next one we have scheduled is um another nil interview with a uh non-football sport I'll say that without giving too much away. Another first time sport coverage podcast. Okay. Yes. 
So I'll let the folks' imagination run wild on that one. And if you guys, and if you guys on the Republic of Football feed uh, have any desire to hear about other UTSA sports, we do cover yes baseball at Alamo Audible or Alamo Audible, and <laughs> ooh, slip there. <laughs> Uh, cover I need a sound yes. effect every time we say it. The big ones, baseball, basketball, yes. But we just had a tennis podcast a couple of right. weeks ago with the current co-captain, Senior Keegan McCain. It's fantastic insight into the world of collegiate tennis and high school tennis in the state of Texas. Very, very excited to expand that coverage with yet another sport, Jared, coming next week. Keep it a teaser. Yep, absolutely. So if you're listening on the Republic of Football podcast, be sure to check out our other podcast feed, which is just Alamo Audible on the same app that you're listening to us on. And if you go to alamoaudible.com, you'll see all of our stuff, YouTube videos, blog posts, social media, all that good stuff. So be sure to check us out. You can go to our new store, alamoaudible.com backslash fan shop. You click on the store link. It's right there off of our homepage. Yes, Yes, sir. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right, well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you back next time.